Hello and welcome to the High Potion Tavern, a video game podcast where tips are only taken if they are rupees. I am your bartender for tonight, and with me I have Sean. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. How are you, Josh? I am so good right now because I have a Hawaiian pizza in front of me. Where's my silver rupee? Tough silver, please. I want a golden rupee. Those aren't a thing. Silver oh. rupees are the highest. Actually, no, wait. Oh, yeah, what are maybe you talking they do. about? Yeah, they're not common. <laughs> they're not common. They're too rare. <laughs> I'll take a purple. Yeah, purple's only, my favorite color. That's only 50. So, I There's a lot you can do with 50 rupees. Not anymore. <laughs> also with me, I have the marshmallow to my fluff. Keenan, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for introducing me. Yeah, um, what's going on with you? Not much at all. I don't have a Hawaiian pizza in front of me, uh, so I'm a little jealous because I'm in... I feel like it, I feel like Hawaiian pizza lovers are in a minority. Would you agree? <laughs> I agree. Just, just They're the, a unique breed. The ham and pineapple, just a lot of people. It doesn't jive with a lot of people. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree with Keenan. I I don't like Hawaiian pizza. It I was an like, acquired taste for me. I didn't like it for the longest time, and now I'm really enjoying that savory sweet that the pineapple adds to the acidic pizza sauce. I actually like the pineapple, but I don't like the ham. Oh, you got to have both. It's just such a good flavor combination. <laughs> I feel like we could have a podcast dedicated to pizza now. In I fact, really like food. In fact, we probably should, but <laughs> this is not one of those. But I'm totally down to have a non-video game discussion as an episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be interesting. We'd have to see what our fans think. Just shoot the breeze. What, <laughs> what fans, Keenan? We have fans. We have like a few, I guess, but you know, know like I'm there. sure they'd be down to hear us talk, talk, you know shoot there, the shit. Don't yeah. hide yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they'd be down to hear us shoot yeah. the shit. But I'm pretty sure that our listeners are looking forward to some video game discussion this time around. Yeah, today, what are we talking about, Sean? Well, um, I was going to talk about the Nintendo Direct, but then Japan got hit with an earthquake, and yeah, so they the... postponed it. I believe it's in the what Hokkaido region. I heard that they just got power back, actually. So you know, my thoughts are with them. I would say, yeah. Um, yeah. everyone, you know, everyone at Nintendo and everyone in the region hope their families are doing well. Hope they still have all of their homes and belongings and whatnot. Yeah, and you know, like you know, uh, the internet can get kind of kind of awful with this kind of stuff. And they were like, "Oh, why didn't it happen anyway? Like, it's just a video." And it's like, "Come on, have some compassion, you assholes." Yeah, the, there's definitely, I mean, it's sort of par for the course when you think of all of the, the hatred and, and vitriol that can uh, be spawned from the internet. As a side note, are you eating too, Sean? I'm eating chocolate while we what? Well, <laughs> Yeah, this is like, a... I feel left out. I should grab some walnuts or something. This is a very, uh, you know, casual podcast today because uh, I feel like I didn't really prepare... Uh, a hardcore topic i felt like because we've had some game releases we could just kind of talk about what we've been playing yeah absolutely. Yes. and uh you know maybe after we get into that just kind of have a free form discussion about things and see where it goes yeah i'm totally down with that so i'm calling this episode freestyle 
except without <laughs> except without freestyle rap. I'm not good at that. So I know. Why don't we start with Keenan? Because I know he's been, uh, you know, doing some stuff and playing oh, less games for some I, reason. Oh, gee, yeah. Well, okay. So I'll... I saw I saw you on Fortnite a little while ago today. Yeah, I've I've been I've you know before I started getting busy with the start of like my grad school semester, I was playing a, a reasonable amount of Fortnite. I, I didn't really get suckered into the whole battle pass and, you know, buying all these like special costumes and whatnot. Like I did. Like, like you did, but And I, mean, I played for way less time than you. But go well, ahead. Does that really surprise anyone, Sean? <laughs> no offense. <laughs> um, but but it's just you know, Fortnite it's it's already on a variety of platforms but for it to be on the switch is, is really good for the whole like Fortnite brand but i've never been good at shooters uh it's you know i'm just i'm not good at aiming and shooting and i'm not good at like tactical evasion and i'm always like uh i'll even recall one instance where i got a shotgun and it was right after like we all landed like all hundred of us i got a shotgun and this person in front of me got, they just had like their pickaxe. So I kept trying to shoot this person in front of me with my shotgun. <laughs> I kept missing and they just hit me with their pickaxe, whittling away my health until I died. I never hit them once. <laughs> oh dear. So That's if awesome. That gives you, if that gives you any indication of how bad I am at Fortnite, there you go. But I still find it very fun. Just the concept of sort of a, a Hunger Games-esque uh, battle where everyone's just dropped on this field and you have to fend for yourselves. It's just, I, I really enjoy the concept. Would um, you say it's a battle royale of sorts? Maybe. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, I can see where you're, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Push some some shopping carts into pits. You yeah, know? I mean, and, and that's fun too. I like the cartoony <laughs> style. The first thing I thought of when I first saw, like, footage of Fortnite was I thought of like Looney Tunes, you know, just how like kind of wacky it is. Like you're pushing around shopping carts and like, there's like all these weird things going on. And a lot of the weapons have like these angry faces painted on them. Oh, I've got a, so I've got a thing that I can throw in for discussion that uh, I think could be interesting. So what's your uh, opinion on the fact that Call of Duty is trying to uh, get in on the battle Royale market and do you think they'll succeed or do you think it's just going to be silly? Oh, interesting. I didn't actually know that Call of Duty was trying to capitalize on that. That's oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Black Ops 4, like, the big thing is they're, they're trying to capitalize on it. So huh. I wonder – so I, I want to hear your opinion because I think you – or either of your opinions because I feel like you've played the Battle Royale game more than I have. Hmm. I mean, I guess it would depend on – I guess it would depend on how – Call of Duty, how the developers execute. I don't know how, who actually is it. Activision who makes Call of Duty? Oh yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, would, I'm so out of the on, loop with the with that with that series. Yeah, um, it would depend on like if they have any kind of gimmick or any kind of uh, personal spin that they put on it. Because first you had Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and that was a bit more of a like a standard uh, battle royale shooting game, as far as I know. And then Fortnite came along, and they had the whole building mechanic. Right, and I think Fortnite is like dominating the market, but PUBG yeah. is still is still relevant. I mean, oh it's yeah, still PUBG very is relevant. definitely yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely relevant because I think, as far as I know, it sort of pioneered the genre. But you've got Fortnite that has the building mechanic and is more visually appealing. I feel so. I feel like it is really dominating over the other, but I feel like if if Call of Duty, 
uh, which has generally been kind of a, you know, I've played a couple of Call of Duty games. It's usually kind of bland, in my opinion, but they would have to have a really interesting spin on the battle royale genre for them to really do well. So I mean, it'd be another... interesting to see, but I'm not optimistic about what they have to put on the table. I mean, the other major factor here is that Fortnite is free to play. And on uh, I don't know well, if it's free to play on other consoles. No, it is free to it's free to play on every console. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, so mind blown. So yeah, so uh, the fact that Fortnite has a free to play model and kind of a cross play model, I don't know if anything can really compete with that. Uh, it's hard to say, but Call of Duty does. Call have of Duty does aspects. sell sell quite a bit, though. So I yeah. could I could see it breaking into the market, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how it kind of all shakes out in yeah, the we'll, end. We'll have to see about that. Um. All right. So I'll touch on one game that I played a little bit of, and then I'll go deeper onto the other games I've played a little bit later, so that Josh can talk about Monster Hunter because I know he wants to. The game I'll I'll do a very brief discussion on because I wanted to play more of this game this week, but life got in the way, and I only really played an hour of it. Oh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to cereal. Uh, I am looking forward to playing more of it. And that's Dragon Quest Eleven. I did get I did get started. I played the first hour. I was very impressed with what I saw. The turn based gameplay was a lot of fun. The graphics are awesome. Characters seem kind of cool so far. Uh, I liked how you traveled the world on a horse. I mean, you know, that sounds kind of <laughs> that sounds kind of like generic, but uh, in, in all honesty, I'm in, on a horse in a JRPG. <laughs> in in a JRPG, uh, not very common to see you know horse travel be a major component. So yeah, that's my fair enough. But that's my initial thoughts on Dragon Quest Eleven. I haven't met any of the party members outside of the main character, who's like some chosen one kind of thing, which is like the trope. The trope. Did you wake trope. up with amnesia? Uh, no, but he was boy. I don't know. The whole opening movie is like him as a baby, and then like some guy finds him in a river. And does he have a special weapon that only he can wield? Uh, not yet, but I am not gonna be surprised when that happens. What he does have is a mark <laughs> on his hand. Oh, of course. Um, ah. and I don't know anything about that mark yet. Obviously, a very, a very tried so, and true cliche. But... So, so, but you know, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is a series, from what I've heard, that has pioneered a lot of these things. So, you know. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, if they want to trope it up for this century, you know, whatever. I, I'm enjoying it. I think it's very well made. Uh, and I'm kind of curious I, to see where it goes when I have more time to put into it. But uh, yeah, the other two I, games on my list, you know, took priority. So. I I really, when you get more into that game, I really want to hear what your opinion is. I've seen the hype for this game on coming out through the periphery, and I don't know anything about the Dragon Quest series other than they're the JRPG that has the titles with the giant numbers at the end of them. So there's a lot of them. And yeah, uh, I mean the the big thing is uh, the art the artwork is very heavily inspired by the same artist who does like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So Akira, that's Akira Toriyama. Um, and then you know uh, it's just a very like tried and true formula, but very well refined. Yeah. From and what it's I also can see. Very, yeah, and it's also a really well respected series. Um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely no Final Fantasy, but it's definitely not without its merits. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, what I will say is from the hour I did play, I was very impressed with the already, like, variation in monsters that I've run into. 
that you. So that you this is the, this is the game that has the slime monsters with the really big eyes. They oh like yeah, drop. yeah. I've already yeah. run into some of those, but then there's like things like cool cucumbers, which are just like cucumber monsters, <laughs> which are pretty cool. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's great. I'm enjoy- I I liked it so far. So I'm I am excited to play more. But you're uh, in the garden realm or something. You know, I, are there I, carrots as well? Uh, as potato- you know, sweet I, potatoes. I will delve into it a little bit more, a little bit in a little yeah. bit. But uh, I've been playing a lot of Bloodborne. Finished the game finally. And... Did you finish the game or the DLC? Uh, I finished. I finished the game and the DLC, and I'm about to platinum Ooh, nice. wow. Bloodborne. So, about to get the platinum trophy. So platinum, uh... holy cow! <laughs> so I, I was... What's your playtime on that game? Oh, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't track it. But if I had to estimate, probably like seventy or eighty hours so far. Maybe a little bit more than that. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it's it was awesome. I'm, I'll delve into it a little bit later. And the other game I've been playing is obviously Spider-Man, which I'll also delve into. But uh, Josh, Josh tell me about Monster Hunter Generations. Wait, what were, you, what were we going to say, Keen? Oh, I just said Puddlegate. You know, the whole puddle. Oh, oh, yeah, it's, it's, oh. It's, 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 I don't want to get Sean's engine revving right now. <laughs> Talk about Monster Hunter. Okay. Yeah, I really have not been in the video game realm these past two weeks and have only been living in it through Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on the Switch. And I, my, the clock on it says about 20 hours, but a lot of that is just me having the game sitting there while oh. I'm cooking or, or working out or doing something, waiting for people to join my hubs. Uh, but myself and a couple friends have been blasting through G rank, and we're at the point in the game where we're grinding the uh, flagship for this G rank version of Generations, the Valstrax. So we're we're getting there pretty good. Uh, we're having a fun time with it, and it's really just a continuation of Generations. I mean, it's a known quantity. I think a lot of players who jumped into the monster hunter franchise through world may not enjoy generations ultimate and it almost feeling like a backward step in a lot of not only the graphical style but the the life changes that were made in world but it has so much content that you it may seem daunting, but it's something that if you make the investment in, you will never have a lack of something to do. I think it has over 90 monsters, whereas World has about 30, 33, something like that. And oh, wow. just to get done with, or not done, but just to get to G rank, I had already put in almost 300 hours into Generations, and that was playing low rank and high rank. And the next tier of difficulty in monsters comes with Generations Ultimate. So it's been uh, a great addition to my Switch library. And it was one of the reasons why I purchased the Switch was me hoping that the game would come to the West. Since it was already out on the Switch as Double Cross without any English translations. And finally, we did get an English version of the game. So it's been... A wonderful treat to go back into all of the neat, nitty-gritty technical details of this game because there's a lot more here to it 
than world. It's just a very different feel. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, unfortunately for me, when you told me it's not really for people who liked world, I was like, uh, I have too much on my plate. I don't know if I can add this to my plate. Yeah. And, and I've, I've heard that as well. And I'm curious about the claim that you made where it's basically a step back uh, in terms of like, you know, development and, and whatnot in terms of like the difficulty, because I'm guessing it's, it's more about the difficulty. I've heard that claim made before. Are there any specific examples that you can give? It's, uh, it's hard to try to compare it to world in terms of difficulty because the scaling in it is different in the sense that there's more quests, there's more monsters, there's a lot more armor possibilities in terms of defense and skills. And I think the main hurdle to get over is the amount of time it takes uh, just to get through low rank into high rank and then into G rank. Like I said, it could be a couple hundred hours to progress to that point in the, in the game. And in World, it felt like a, a neater, compact uh, experience where you could probably get through the main storyline in maybe 20 hours, 30 hours. Uh, here, it's less story-based and more about giving you the best content and the best monsters in the Monster Hunter franchise. Uh, and because of that, it's going to take more time to get through a lot of the game to feel like you've gotten your money's worth whereas world it's more forgiving because it's more compact so i it's hard to say difficulty wise but for the amount of grinding you would have to do okay i feel like this game is just a lot more grindy okay versus world gotcha that makes more sense now yeah but like i said it's 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 just hard to compare because this this old version quote unquote of playing the game uh, is what I grew up with yeah. from the PlayStation 2 through the 3DS, the PSP, Vita, and now onto the Switch. So what I can say is it's interesting. The comparison is being made a lot from this game to World since some people do say this is a step back. And IGN's review of uh, Generations Ultimate had a lot of commentary where it was rated in a way because it was being compared to World. And a lot of people are saying maybe that's not fair because it's a standalone title that actually did come out in Japan before World was released. But it's just that now we're getting the English version and should it be rated as a standalone game without the baggage of World, like the older brother of World kind of standing over its shoulder. Yeah, unfortunately, these days, as much as I enjoy reading game reviews, uh, the scores are pretty arbitrary lately. I mean, it's kind of like hard to score games because of so many different factors such as that or the fact that games continuously get updated and they could be a completely different game from when you start playing them, especially if it's like an online multiplayer game for for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. We actually we started talking about that a little bit in the last episode. But yeah, the way that games come out now. They're, some of them are just kind of products, projects that continue to get worked on, and it's hard to actually rate them from one to the other. True. And, right. and, that, and that almost goes into the topic that you had mentioned, Keenan, before we talked about World, where in a recent game like Spider-Man, people were so hard on it because of small 
aesthetic changes. Oh, and... yeah, maybe I should delve into Spider-Man a bit. I felt that was just the internet being the internet, though. Um, yeah, so that, that, I don't think that necessarily affected critics' reviews, but it was interesting to see how credits, uh, how critics looked at what the internet was saying and what the general public was saying. So, or a, a, yeah. a majority of them, anyway, so, so minority. So I'll go into Spider-Man. Uh, it's awful. Please do. <laughs> it's awful, and uh, the puddles are too small, and <laughs> I hate it. The puddles are way too small. It is and... what Alternate Me says about this game because it's one of the best games ever. That's what, Whoa. That's what Bizarro Sean would have said. <laughs> that's what Bizarro Sean would have said. That's what. Okay. It's definitely. Leaving, leaving the hype train though, Sean. What's, okay. You know... leaving... okay. So leaving the hype train. Um, it is definitely my game of the year so far. By far. It's significantly better than anything I've played this year. But. There are a few caveats that I'll throw in there because I do think it, it is a little bit overhyped. Just like most PlayStation rele- big releases are these days, I feel like. From like Horizon to God of War to this, I feel like everything's been overrated when it comes to a PlayStation release for whatever reason. Um, that could be an interesting topic to delve into because I feel like just because it's a PlayStation exclusive, everybody loses their minds. Like This has been the case with literally every exclusive that's come out for this console for a while. Um, and I think Spider-Man's kind of fell victim to that because my initial impression of Spider-Man was actually kind of like, oh, I've kind of done this before in like other Spider-Man games. But what really kind of sets it apart, uh, you eventually unlock more abilities kind of like you do in the Arkham series. And you're going to hear me compare these two series a lot. And you're also going to hear me say that this game, while it's amazing and I do think it's the best game of the year, it's not better than any of the Arkham games. And I'll go into why. And I think this comparison is kind of a fair comparison to make because the games are so similar. And I feel like the development team learned a lot from the Arkham series. Um, So for me, I think I do think this is the best Spider-Man game. And I do think that uh, it gets better when you unlock more traversal abilities. Because when you start off, like, the web swinging felt a little clunky, to me, honestly. But then when you unlock all these additional abilities and it kind of, like, all clicks for you, like, web swinging around is, like, super exhilarating. Because you just, like, are building up momentum and velocity and you're just, like, moving around so fast. And, like, there's a fast travel system at this point in the game. And, like, why would I use that when I can just web swing around and probably get to the place faster than fast traveling? Because the loading screen would probably take longer than be just like web swinging to the location. So you're like Sonic the Hedgehog, but with webs. This is exactly what I was going to say, Keaton. Yes. You're, you're basically <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog with webs. And the reason that I'm going to make this comparison is, you know how exhilarating it is to play a Sonic game when he's moving really, really quickly. Yes. And you know how frustrating it is when you just stop. Yes. Plays. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> So, so like, it is absolutely amazing when you're moving super quickly and just, like, web swinging around and, you know, picking up backpacks and finding, like, all of Peter Parker's, like, uh, like you know, he, he's been Spider-Man for, like, eight years. So these backpacks that he had from school, like, each of them has, like, an item that's, like, from, from like, you know, the eight years that you don't really know about, which is kind of really cool. Huh, so it kind of, like, builds on the world a little bit. 
And uh, I will shout out that this is the first game where you can actually play as Peter Parker, which is kind of cool. So it kind of does do a nice, like, uh, balance between Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So you kind of get the, you know, like, that's kind of like the important portion of Spider-Man to me, I think, is it's both characters, not just, you know, not just Spider-Man. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, the progression system is kind of what you would expect from a PlayStation exclusive or just like, you know, action RPGs in general. It's like you level up, you get like some some tokens that you use to like level up some abilities, uh, combat or traversal or whatever. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun. But um, if you're comparing it to the Arkham series, I think it falters. And I, I don't know if you can really like, you know, take this other amazing series and compare it to this, this game particularly, but some things that I think the Arkham series does better are side quests. Like the side quests in the Arkham series always led to, you know, like a major Batman villain or something like that. Whereas the side quests in Spider-Man feel kind of like busy work. And it's a lot of fun to do this busy. So yeah, these side quests are, uh, they're pretty fun and addictive, but, uh, they're, you know, the typical open world trappings uh, where, you know, you're just getting a bunch of collectibles. Uh, but because it's so fun to swing swing around, I feel like even though you're just getting a bunch of collectibles, uh, it's still addictive. And so what I do like about the game is that it has a, it has a collectible for a little while and then uh, it introduces, like, new collectibles as you progress through the story. So, yeah. uh... So there's like, for example, there's like, you know, these backpacks I was talking about, but then later on you, uh, you know, Harry Osborn isn't in the game per per se, but you know, he's got like this thing where, uh, his father is the mayor of, of the city. And then, um, his mother was doing research at, uh, Oscorp or whatever. So you gotta like go to these research facilities and, uh, kind of do like some scientific experiments. So you're like, one of them has you uh, swinging around through, like, smog to collect, like, these uh, hydrocarbon samples so that you can, like, bring them back and uh, do some research on them. Or the other one has you, like, uh, getting rid of, like, fish toxins to, like, to like make the river better and stuff like that. So there's, like, a cool variety to some of these things. Fish uh, toxins? How do you? What are you like singing uh, yeah, with a net I, or something? I, How are you doing that? I don't know. It's you know, <laughs> it's, it's like typical open world kind of busy work. So even though, even though it's got cool ideas, you're st- you're what it uh, equates to is like you kind of going around spraying some uh, antidote on these fish, and then like <laughs> those omega threes, man. <laughs> yeah, so, so that way it doesn't go up the food chain, and then like at the end of it, you're like, oh yeah, the current will carry these fish so that you know the rest of the ocean gets treated or whatever. <laughs> so you're you're a friendly neighborhood fishmonger now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and you know, like the what I will commend is like the voice work is outstanding. Like the guy who plays Spider Man and Peter Parker is like perfect. He's just like he's got like the the quips down he's got like like, you know there's like this uh when you're getting uh the radio towers up and running they're all police related so you have a cop friend and throughout uh you know activating all these radio towers uh spider-man's like spider cop is on the is on the job (laughs) (laughs) so like there's like 
I don't know, like 12 of them in the world. And every time he does it, he just like has a different story for Spider Cop. And it's like hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, these are just like kind of specific examples. I'm trying not to spoil like the main story because I do think it's very intriguing and well done. But uh, there are some twists that I can kind of see a mile away. Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. It do- it, so, it like overall, with how far you are in the story, it does the game doesn't feel like a movie game. Like it doesn't feel like a licensed game. Like it, it has its own story to tell. No, and that's what I was saying. Like yeah. if you've played the Arkham games, it's it's definitely in that same vein. But I feel like mm-hmm. Ar- the Arkham series did it better because the side quests were more. Uh, before we got cut off, that was kind of what I was getting into. The, mm-hmm. the side quests in the Arkham series, I feel like, were much, much better done. Uh, for example, finding Riddler trophies. I mean, that's also, like, busy work and collectible work. But, you know, like, the Riddler's, like, taunting you. There's different riddles to solve. So everything felt kind of different. Yeah. Even though you're uh, even though you're kind of doing the same thing. And uh, what I will say, though, is the Spider-Man game has... Uh, has an advantage over Arkham in terms of traversal. I think, tra- tra- but that's just, you know, the difference between Spider-Man and Batman, really. And that's what it boils down to. It's like Batman's huh. not going to be swinging around rooftops that quickly, <laughs> even though even though he does grapple around pretty quickly. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like swinging around as Spider-Man. I am... Well, I was just wondering, Sean, if you, like, where you rank the web swinging in this game compared to other spider-man games is it the oh, best it's ever been oh oh yeah yeah not even remotely a question wow not even remote so just like what is it about like how fast you go or is it about the fluidity or just well how smooth it is i don't know if you guys have played any other insomniac games but i played sunset overdrive so i kind of knew that they were good at movement traversal because that game is all about movement traversal but uh it's cut it's not similar to that but uh it, it basically nails it in the in that same vein so how it works is you basically hold like a button and spider-man swings around and then you can build up momentum by, you know, using a combination of other buttons. So, like, uh, you know how in, like, certain movies or whatever, sometimes Spider-Man will shoot, like, two webs from his hands to, like, yeah. gain momentum? You Like, you can do stuff like that in this game. Cool. So, and then, like, you can do that and then, like, launch off of points. So, like, you know, he'll, like, do the double web onto, like, a, let's say, like, a flagpole or something. And then he'll, like, leap off it so you gain more momentum so that when you Sweet. shoot your next web, you just, like, feel like you're moving really quickly. Sweet. And he can, like, wall run and stuff, which is kind of cool, too. So you hold that same button. <laughs> Prince of Persia. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, it works yeah. great. So, like, you know, you just hold the movement button, basically, kind of like how they do in the Assassin's Creed games now, where you just, like, hold the button and, like, they kind of just jump around and stuff. Like, Spider-Man does that, but, like, way faster. So because he's spider-man obviously so he's like running on walls and you can like run up walls and uh actually i think the hardest thing to do in that game is wall crawl which is kind of hilarious like you can run up the wall and then if you stop you start the wall crawling animation but if you just want to like wall crawl there's like no real button to do that so like sometimes (laughs) i'm like trying to so like that's kind of where it has the sonic the hedgehog syndrome where i'm like trying to do like these precise movements and i just like it's like kind of awkward yeah, but, uh, but it's like such a. I mean, it's it's definitely a a point, but I don't think. I mean, it's it's more than a nitpick, but it's not that bad. Let's put it that way. Okay. 
Yeah, I was listening to a podcast the other day of some guys who got some early access play before the game came out on the 7th, and they were saying that the way that you swing, the developers took a lot of time to make it feel realistic in terms of you're not just shooting your web up into the air and it and it doesn't look like it's attaching to anything. Like they, they took the time to make sure it, it looked like you were actually attaching two buildings. If you're just out in the open, the game recognizes you can't just swing off. Yeah, of nothing. and I gotta say the previous game that that did this well was uh, Spider Man Two, which was the movie license game, and it was similar in that regard where you'd have to like swing on buildings and stuff. This game mm-hmm. just does it better because obviously it's had like I don't know what twenty years of Spider Man games to learn from. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, that's a good point. There have been a lot of subpar or bad Spider-Man games, but there's there have also been some good ones. Like they they're not bad per se. Like some of them are are pretty good. This is just like in a whole other league. Let's put it that way. It it makes you it it brings it into the realm of AAA games. Exactly. But I mean, I I guess what I was trying to say was that that like all. And any of the shortcomings of previous Spider-Man games have just been areas of opportunity for improvement. Um, and, and especially, obviously, like you said, Insomniac really knows their stuff. So, yeah, I was just I, I think it was brilliant to have a uh, just a dev- like a promising developer take on an, an IP as big as this. And that's that's kind of why the game succeeds. And I'm very excited to see a sequel to this game. And I hope they they get to continue building the universe because kind of like the Arkham series, they've kind of established their own continuity, which yeah. I, I, I'm sure is pretty apparent from the trailers, but uh, yeah. it, it's just like a cool fact to bring up is like, uh, you know, they, they could have easily just been like, Oh, we're just going to copy like a movie or we're going to copy uh, like a comic book arc or something. But no, they just like, they took all the characters, they kept true to the characters and they kind of just made their own story. Like for example, Mary Jane, is uh, working for the Daily Bugle, and that's something that Peter Parker usually does. But he's not doing that. He's he's got a scientist job, and he's got you know a boss. I'm not gonna spoil the boss, uh, like his his like partner, his lab partner, because that's that's it's not like a spoiler because you kind of find out in the first ten minutes. But I do think it's significant enough that people who play the game like uh, might want to find out on their own. Okay, you're conducting science. Uh, or science. I'm sure you guys can figure out who it is, though. I mean, I, I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> I've already, allu- I feel like I've already alluded to to what who he could be, and Doctor I wasn't Jones. Yes, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh, fun Are fact. We entering fun fact. You the can Marvel find universe? fun fact. You can uh, find the Avengers Tower and the Sanctum Santorum in. The oh, Spider-Man okay. games. New York. That's I found really both. cool, actually. That's cool. I mean, huh. Avengers Tower, I kind of already knew about, but I wasn't expecting to see Doctor Strange's Sanctum Santorum in there, which is kind of cool. I didn't know Neat. it was in Manhattan. Yeah, well, I mean, the Avengers Tower, they, I think they took from the movie, but uh, Doctor Strange's area has always been in New York. So. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, you had mentioned that the the big thing that differs in this game in how you rate it against the Arkham series is the side quests. How are the side quests in Spider-Man initiated? Are they kind of, you just like come up on a side quest like uh, in 
in a watchdog game or is it only tied to the story and you have to get to the story to get there uh yeah so like you know like it's the typical open world case where you progress through the story you unlock like different blips on a map and then you go to the map and then you like do the stuff there's like dynamic crimes so like crimes will kind of happen but that's kind of happened in previous spider-man games where you could and that happened in the arkham series as well where like crimes will happen and you could just like stop them and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so like for example someone might steal a car or something like that and you have to like chase them and stop the car and stop all the criminals and that kind of stuff um where i think the arkham series does better though is just like I feel like there's an extra level of polish. The other, the other thing that I think the Arkham series is better at is the uh, the combat system. Combat system in Spider-Man is awesome and is great, but uh, it's got like that that syndrome of too many uh, too many abilities and not enough to do with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in the Arkham series, you kind of get all these abilities and they're very well spursed in the game like you you end up using almost all of them for a particular reason and even in combat like you have to defeat different enemies in certain ways with the with your arsenal in spider-man you get like all these gadgets and stuff and you can choose to use them or you can just choose to beat everybody up like normal and you can probably get through the whole game just without using any gadgets outside of like when you actually need to use them yeah, so the, that brings up another thing. Combat within the Spider-Man game. Is it that you just have so many moves and technologies that it, oh, there's it's, some it's, you just never use? Yeah, it's definitely very fun. Like, I, I'm having a lot of fun with the combat, but uh, it's not where the game excels, I feel like. Because really? a lot of, well, I mean, there's like a lot of cool moves and stuff that you can pull off. But uh, after playing it, I, I've played about uh, maybe a third or like half of the game so far and i'm talking like all content i've i've done like side quests i've done uh story i've done like all sorts of stuff and uh after at this point in the game the combat is still fun but i can start to feel it kind of wearing on me a little bit because it does feel a little bit repetitive if that makes sense okay so even though it's really cool uh it's it's definitely a little bit repetitive Hmm. uh I don't know. I mean, that's kind of just like a minor nitpick of mine. I, I mean, you can kind of vary it up, but like, I mean, the best way to beat things is usually just to like punch things or like use your, you know, like your standard web attacks and stuff like that. Uh, they do try to incentivize you to do other styles of play by having these like challenges, like these combat challenges that you can kind of accomplish, but they're not really required. And I mean, I do them when I can, but, you know, like, sometimes you just want the fight to end. So you just, like, kind of end it however you feel like. So okay. it gives you kind of a level of freedom in that regard. Hmm. And it, there's there's leveling systems? Is it the more you fight, the... Yeah, I mean, the leveling ge- system, ge- I think you ge- could compare it to, like, probably Horizon. Okay, so it does like have that. that RPG element to it where you can level yeah. yourself up and get stronger regardless of what you're using as techniques or gadgets or whatnot. Yeah, and the other cool thing is, like, as you unlock, uh, as you do side quests and uh, complete all this stuff, you get, like, these tokens that you can then use to, uh, they're, like, crafting materials to make new suits, and every suit has its own, like, suit power. 
So it's got like a unique ability, but you can then use those suit powers with any suit you decide to use. So like, you know, there's like, I think like 30 or so different suits uh, inspired from like, you know, Spider-Man history and lore and stuff like that. So it kind of gives you a nice level of freedom in the game to kind of play it however you want. Okay. That's cool. So overall, what is your feeling for Spider-Man? Overall, I think as of right now, I would call it my game of the year. But uh, I know that the minute Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, that's not going to be the case anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's kind of where I stand on it. Also, if they're going to be if there's going to be a, a sequel for this game, it might be too soon to say if it's you know if if the Arkham series uh, ranks above it in your mind because I mean if there are any improvements that are made on any sequels to this game, it could certainly yes I agree with the you. Arkham series and um, it, that's interesting because if you're thinking about the PS4's life cycle. If there's going to be another Spider-Man game, it's probably going to be on the next-gen console, right? It's probably going to be on the PlayStation 5. It hmm. could be, yeah. I, I think uh, I think this first game, definitely a good, solid foundation. I don't know if it's better than even Arkham Asylum. Uh, I mean, Arkham City is, I think, the best of, of that trilogy. Arkham Knight was very good as well, and I think Arkham Knight is actually a better... I think Arkham Knight's... A, is probably the worst of the trilogy, but I think it's still better than Spider-Man. Okay. So let's put it that way. I think Arkham Knight is the closest comparison you can make because it also had a lot of flaws. Like there was too much Batmobile, even though I loved the Batmobile. If that makes sense. It was kind of like one of those things where they tried to like kind of jam it down your throat. And then there were like a lot, a few other design decisions, but where Arkham Knight excelled was it took the base of Arkham City it opened up Gotham to you. It still had all of those like intriguing side quests. Um, and I'm not trying to make this, you know, about Arkham Knight, but that th- that game I do feel like is underrated. I feel like people are just like, oh, that game was the worst of the trilogy, so it's not worth playing. But that's not at all the case. I still think it was one of the best games of that year. And it kind of gets an unfair shake in that regard. But it did have flaws. And that's kind of how I feel about this game. It's, it's flawed, but... Uh, at the end of the day, um, it's a good ride. It's who got cares? the Sean does, yeah. seal of approval. Yeah, who cares Red's about the flaws, ride. really? Like, when you're playing it, you're going to have a blast. That's kind of how I feel about it. And for okay. a Spider-Man game, it brings it up to the level that it, that Spider-Man deserves. Exactly. And I think uh, I think the Sonic the Hedgehog thing is really what you got to take away from this. That's <laughs> It's kind of it's like, if you enjoy that, and you enjoy the speed of that, you'll enjoy this. And uh, if you get frustrated with losing momentum and stuff like that, this game isn't for you because sometimes that does happen and can get kind of frustrating. But, you know. Cool. If down the line it ever gets a price drop, I'm jumping on it. Oh, I think it will. I think you'll probably have to wait till like maybe mid year next year, but, you know, you'll be able to pick it up. Cool. Awesome. So there's a. Uh... If if you're done talking about Spider-Man, Sean, there is another game that I want to mention that yeah. I have had the opportunity to play. I can't really say too much about it because I only played the demo, but the, the Mega Man 11 demo came out the other day. Um, it It's to be assumed that it would have been announced, like the demo, during the Nintendo Direct because Capcom just sort of quietly announced that the demo was available on the Switch eShop. Um, 
so uh, I it's only got one stage to it, which you know for with Mega Man games as a reminder, you typically have eight robot masters um, that you fight. So the demo only has one playable robot master stage, which is Block Man, and I uh, I played and beat that stage on the normal difficulty and um basically what i what i have to say about it is it looks like a really nice step uh in not necessarily the best direction but a very good direction for the Mega Man series uh it it feels like a logical um way to push Mega Man like classic Mega Man platforming into the current era um, oh, that's cool yeah i'm excited to kind of hear your thoughts on it when the game does release because i have it pre-ordered but i don't know if i'll get to it as much as you probably will yeah it's i'm definitely looking forward to playing the full version at least for now the music sounds pretty good the uh the art style looks good um you know the, the there's voice acting the voice acting's all right uh, and, you know, all of the, you know, other aspects not related to gameplay are looking pretty, you know, pretty good, as you would expect. But Mega Man has always shined in the gameplay category where, uh, you know, especially with the original uh, Mega Man titles on the NES, uh, you know, really consistent, tight controls and physics uh, would reward the player for... Uh, having precision and having quick thinking with movements. So that, that, that sort of uh, physics direction faltered a bit with Mega Man 7 and 8 because Mega Man 7 was on the SNES and Mega Man 8 was on like the PS1 and the Sega Saturn and uh, they tried to jump up with the, they tried to like progress with the graphical quality and make Mega Man's model look a bit more detailed and make it a little larger. Um, and as a result, the physics of the game kind of faltered. So uh, so then when they came out with Mega Man 9 and 10 in the late 2000s, uh, it was basically a return to the old school 8-bit style uh, where you had the really tight controls and the gameplay that was rewarding, but at times challenging, of course, depending on who you ask. But Mega Man 11, uh, obviously the graphics have been updated, uh, the graphical quality, but it has not sacrificed the sort of tight controls. It hasn't really sacrificed the physics, as far as I can tell, based on the one stage. And that's really good to see. Uh, And another thing that they've sort of added to make it feel fresh is instead of just, you know, jumping and shooting and uh, sometimes jumping and shooting at the same time and sliding, things like that. Uh, and then switching to like robot master weapons and like jumping and shooting special weapons. There's uh, a speed meter and a power meter. So if you activate the power meter, it lets you fire, you know, supercharged shots. And if you activate the speed uh, meter, they're called gears. So if you activate the speed gear, it sort of uh, does sort of like a witch time thing from Bayonetta. Oh. Or, or like the slowdown from Beautiful Joe, where everything around you is slower, so you can react <laughs> Call back more to Beautiful to Joe. All right. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you're, the... you're using Monados. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And I, and I That's actually, cool. And I don't actually remember what it was called in Beautiful Joe, like the slowdown, but it, it's sort of like that. And it adds an aspect of meter management because you just you can't have the speed gear and the power gear on all the time or Mega Man kind of like overheats. So so that's pretty cool. And it's all a completely optional mechanic. So you don't have to play with it if you're like a seasoned veteran of the Mega Man series like I am and you want more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. But it definitely it can it, it adds a layer of depth to the Mega Man classic series that hasn't really it hasn't really had that sort of thing. It doesn't feel too gimmicky, and it's it's definitely it definitely feels fresh. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's got it's got the depth there if you want it, but yes. if you want to go hard school, old school, yes. then you can not tap into it. It's kind of like when Fire Emblem Awakening had the option to remove uh, permadeath if you wanted to play like that. Yeah, which is funny you bring that up because uh, I played with permadeath and I still reset when people died. So kind of like, yeah, that's exactly what I did too. It's like the classic-minded way of playing a game. You just can't escape it. No, uh, and I'm, I'm interested to see if Keenan plays through Mega Man 11 just the classic way. Which well, I assume you will. I mean, I might. I'm so used to just the the tried and true way of playing classic Mega Man games that that you know I may not really develop a muscle memory for the new mechanic and I might just play mm-hmm. it the regular way but it's all <laughs> it's also worth noting that you know to to be more appealing uh for newcomers uh, or casual players to Mega Man they do have different difficulty levels so you've got you know normal difficulty then you've got casual and newcomer difficulty which you know obviously um for you know they're they're trying to appeal to to more gamer demographics which is which is good and then they've also got a more a harder difficulty beyond normal which i think is called superhero mode so that's for like you know the the hardcore veterans and like that even in some cases goes beyond my skill level with the series so so yeah appealing to many many people awesome so yeah so we're running short on time so i'm just gonna touch on one final thing. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So mm-hmm. I was going to talk about, yes. about Bloodborne. Um, but I think I should go a little bit more in depth maybe next time. But basically, I finished it. There are three endings. I managed to get all of the endings by doing some sort of like saving shenanigans because I didn't want to have to play through the game three times. Uh I'm going so you for the cheated. I, I did a little bit. Saving shenanigans. <laughs> That's what they're calling it nowadays. I still had to but um yeah, the uh the game was incredible. Uh I'll go more into depth maybe a little bit later. But uh what I will say is the DLC is the best part of the whole game. Best part of the package. Incredible. What an incredible DLC. I think it's an Oof. essential part of you playing the game. So if you decide to play the game, definitely play the DLC. How much did it cost and how many hours do you think it added? It added about 12 to 15 and uh, it cost about 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's a lofty statement that you're making there then. But well worth it. And uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play it because. The thing is, is the thing is, is do, do you really want more Bloodborne in the game of Bloodborne? You do. By the time you are ready to play the DLC, you'll be totally ready for it. You'll be like, all right, yeah. Yeah, you'll be like, all right, got to do it. Because the reason... Okay, and I'll just go into the DLC a little bit because I don't really have time to talk about 
all of my other experience with the game, but uh, the reason it's so good, I'm just going to talk generally. Um, the areas are some are the best of the entire game. The bosses are significantly more difficult than any of the bosses in the game. And uh, I know that might sound like a detriment, but it's really not because the extra added... It's all, it's like, you know, when whenever they make DLC, they do have like an extra added level of polish lately. Like, especially if you're adding to an already good game. So, uh, so for example, there are like three areas in the DLC. One of them's called the Hunter's Nightmare, which is kind of like a, uh, like a distorted version of like the, uh, Cathedral Ward in the main game. Then there's a area called the Research Hall, which, uh, is just like a bunch of winding staircases and you meet like these Cthulhu-like monsters. And then the final area, which I thought was the best area in all of Bloodborne, was the fishing hamlet. And so, like, you kind of enter through this area, and it's, like, flooded, and you're going through all this, like, old town, and there's, like, uh, fish monsters attacking you, and it's it's just a completely different vibe from the remainder of the game. So Again with the fishmongers. So, really incredible stuff. Can't Beach. praise it enough. Uh, I'll go more in depth into this maybe in our next episode because I'm still kind of like playing Bloodborne, so it's still kind of like in my active game. Oh, for list. sure, you got to get all your thoughts out. So I'll get my thoughts out a little bit later, but I just thought I'd give my initial kind of reactions to finishing the game. The ending of the game was kind of like incredible, but it was also kind of like I felt like I was overleveled because I did go through the DLC. But it didn't really matter because I felt like the end game bosses were significantly easier than anything I'd fought earlier. So away, yeah. away, foul beast. So kind of like how Josh had mentioned, you do kind of get over that. Uh, that that opening area is definitely like it weeds out the week, and then when yeah. you get past that, uh, you get addicted and you'll beat it eventually. the The game is just a shock at first because it doesn't teach you the timing and how to move and dodge and counter, and you just kind of have to figure that out by dying a lot. <laughs> but uh, all right, so yeah. That's uh, that's Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff, and I'm excited for the Dark Souls trilogy. I'm gonna gonna kind of dive into that uh, I'm when I have still time gonna to do wait. It. I'm still gonna wait for the Dark Souls release on the Switch. Yeah, I I, I want to play the whole trilogy, which only the first game is available on Switch, not the other yeah. two. Yeah. So so uh, that is fair enough. It will be it will be a thing that I do play, but. Right now, there's too many newer games. Like Tomb Raider is out next week, and uh, I'll be having my <laughs> thoughts on that in our next episode. So, too Stay many sure. games. Too many games. And too many games. Good problem to have. Then Assassin's Creed comes out the same day as Mega Man, so that's going to be an interesting one too. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, guys. And, and then Monster Hunter will have. Even more content. Actually, Monster Hunter World is going to have more content. Starting oh yeah, yeah. S- September. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I do know that there's a uh, Autumn Fest or something starting. Maybe I'll yes. uh, join you on that. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, certainly. I'll be waiting in the uh, hunting hub for all of the Sweet. fellow hunters. All right, guys. Well, uh, you guys can find us on Instagram. You guys can find us on podcast services. Uh, we're I, we're still not on Apple, but you know, I don't know. We'll figure that out eventually. Click the button. Tap the button. 
do the thing. <laughs> Press all the buttons. Support us. <laughs> but until until next time, guys, uh, I am excited for us to talk again because then we'll have more more games to talk about. All and, the games. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time, guys. Godspeed. Godspeed. Godspeed.